Hey, welcome back. It's Cubby Lit, Cubby Shit. <laughs> Sorry for the long break. We've been having some growing pains, as in growing to our second and third episode. It's tough, okay? Getting the first one out there was a long process. Our editor has actually, you know, been quite tied up, aka my little sister is a senior in high school and she had AP testing. So hopefully uploads will be more regular after this. But yeah, so, yeah, so fuck the institutions, you know what I'm saying? All right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> but today we're talking about cool girls. Uh, and when we say cool girls, we mean capital C, capital G, with the little trademark sign after the girls. TM. Um, cool girls, the myth. Um, also, search up, like, the thesaurus. Synonyms would be Manic Pixie Dream Girls. We're just going to have a wild ride of conversation about what a cool girl is, how it applies to us, our own experiences with cool girls being cool girls, and, of course, our favorite things to talk about uh, will be cool girls and the South Asian community. Yep, that's true, because we are both of those things. <laughs> so, um, strap <laughs> in. This is a very... Weird ride. Um, you're in for a bender, is all I have to say. Yeah. And stick with it till the end, because in the end, we just figure out what we're fucking trying to say, and the thesis comes out cleanly. So get ready, it's going to be cubby lit... Cubby, cubby shit. shit. Welcome back to Cubby Lit. Yeah, welcome back. Um, there's a lot to talk about. Every day the world feels like it's gonna end. I'm just like on Twitter like like as my like fucking narcotic IV strap. Like I can't get out off of it. <laughs> Twitter is the only reliable news, news source left. I really pride myself on having like a lot of a variety because I have like this super like centrist like neoliberals who are just like have faith in the system and then the people who are just always ready to set shit on fire <laughs> who are like listen we're doomed which is like way more where I am but like you need the, the people in the middle who, to like give you some a perspective I guess it's like Baskin Robbins 31 flavors but you know what Baskin Robbins makes me think of Barack Obama because he used to work at Baskin Robbins and he said that chocolate chip was the hardest flavor to scoop and now I miss him more oh my god he said that I love him I started so listening to like uh Pod Save America which is his hot speech writer John Favreau oh um, yes sorry continue yeah the one who's like in all the memes you know <laughs> yeah yeah, and then his, like, funny... I don't know what... His name is Lovett, John Lovett. I don't know what he did for Obama, but he's, like, hilarious. In kind of, like, an annoying way, but it's fine. Um, and Tommy Vitor, who I'm low-key convinced is, like, the hottest one out of the three because he's, like, very undercover, and I think that's very attractive. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, and they all just, like, talk about politics. That's and cool. uh, So, yeah, shout out... Plug that. I mean, we're not... I don't know why we're just like we shouting no out audience. other people's no podcasts to our plugs, so yeah <laughs> um but it's great and it's just been giving me like such a like governmental look into it you know because they all have like dc they're very like dc minded so they're all talking about it like like in that sense not like so. us basically the opposite yeah yeah i i guess you would call that factual i don't know i don't know we're more like guerrilla podcasting. We have, you know, yeah, 100%. Not ideal setup. You're literally on FaceTime on my laptop. That's us. Yeah. You know what? It's a broke boy season, okay? You do what you got to do. <laughs> 
broke boy season, the life has a easy price tag. So what you gonna do? Okay, I feel like if we wanted to cover topical things, there's a lot. But like, I don't want to talk about man rompers or like Russia. I so. <laughs> They are both banned from the conversation. Okay, one thing I would like to say on the subject. Man rompers are fine. They've been around for a while. BuzzFeed just picked up on it, I guess. Uh, so, whatever. But if a man wants to wear a romper, let him wear his romper. Like, I don't understand why this is, like, a, like a big thing. I mean, I guess yeah. it's a big thing because men need to, like, feel validated and know it's okay for them to wear rompers or whatever because their masculinity is, like, super fragile and stuff. But, um... <laughs> But yeah, it's like fine with me. It's fine with most people. Just wear your fucking romper and go. So yeah. You know who wears rompers? Uh, cool girls. Okay. Well, that was like not a good segue, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> today we're going to talk about cool girls or more specifically the myth of cool girls. Because like, you know, like things like um, white black on black crime or reverse racism cool girls like don't exist (laughs) you are correct we're gonna dive into that topic and i just want to preface this with saying that basically like five weeks ago i was just like angry than you and i texted varsh angrily and i was like can we record our cool girls podcast like immediately and it's happening literally five weeks later so my anger is a little watered down time-wise but i'm sure i can work myself into a rant (laughs) i can work myself into a fury easily (laughs) yeah um yeah i feel similarly about cool girls uh reformed cool girl I think. Well, maybe just in my head. Definitely did some of those problematic things back in the day that we're going to discuss. If you stop listening now, which is understandable, but uh, all you need to know is that they don't exist, and if you think they exist, and if you think that you are currently seeing a cool girl who can be of any gender, realistically, I assume, um, just know that you are stupid, you have been tricked, and she's also tricking herself. She, he, they, whatever are also yeah. tricking themselves. Thundee, have you, have you, do you feel like you've ever been a cool girl slash been a Oh boy. Uh, let's do vocab lesson. Oh, um, right, a cool right. girl is, if you guys have ever read or watched Gone Girl, it's like the thing that Amy says, I think her name Amy, whatever. In the beginning, a cool girl, man's idea, a man's projection of a perfect girl. So she's always some like skinny but nerdy or really smart girl who likes to like rough house has like tomboy qualities but still very feminine in the way that is appealing to men um she likes sports and, and is like completely hairless and has like a the perfect hairless body is important we're going to get to this this is really yeah important. and i mean we're going to tackle all, all of these like the aspects of these definitions um the biggest problem with the cool girl i say i think or at least from my perspective is it becomes this definition that women internalize and try to live up to and they think they're doing it for their own reasons but it turns out they're doing it to appeal to men which is like the grossest reason to do anything ever so there. okay don't come down too hard on this Thunby. Okay, I'll try. I'll restrain. I know I have a lot of growth in this area as well. (laughs) So that's our, let's use that as like our working preliminary definition of a cool girl. And in that sense, I've 100% been a cool girl. Like all through high school, I was like, I had a lot of friends that were guys. And I remember in elementary school and middle school, guys thought I was like the fucking weirdest like frog creature. And and all of a sudden in high school, I had all these friends who were guys and we were really tight. And I used to say shit like, 
Oh my god, like being friends with guys is just like so much much less drama than being friends with girls. Wow, what a lie that was. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Uh, TLDR, men are trash. Yes, I said it. Yes, many of you will unsubscribe just with that one line. But you know what? Until I'm proved wrong by someone who is not my dad, then I I will continue to hold this belief. But yeah, I was the same way. Like, I grew up around all boys. Like, I don't remember. I mean, well, not the same then. I guess the opposite. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I don't remember, like, actually having close girl friends until I want to say middle school. Isn't that weird? That's so sad. Um, Only because all of the kids that my parents, well, all of my parents' friends had sons. So, yeah, it's, like, who I kind of, like, grew up around. And it sucked because not only are this, like, they were all brown boys, right? So, not only did they suck, just from growing up in whatever environment that they did but their parents were like awful too and as like a seven-year-old eight-year-old like battling an adult grown woman which we will also get to later is like weird do you know what i'm saying i got a little bit off topic there but their parents would come down just as hard as you and like put you into all these boxes because you're friends with all the boys just the way their kids did and it was like the weirdest thing um, there are certain people who I hope will listen to this, but I don't think they know how to work the podcast app. So, once again, <laughs> falls on deaf ears. <laughs> but yeah, I was definitely like that too. And I always would be like, yeah, it's like so much easier to be friends with boys. Like, boys are way cooler. And then I would get like so much validation from them. They'd be like, oh my god, you're so chill. And get this, this is the kicker. You're not like other brown girls. Ding, 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 dude. This, like, that is like... Yeah. Okay. Basically, that is, like, the kicker line that, until, like, my sophomore year of college, that, just people telling me that was something that I, like, literally would sweep me off my feet. And then I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Exactly. It was, like, that one, like, kernel that you just, like, waited for. What? And it was weird because it also came from, like, non-dude, like, friends. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Non-Indian, non-dude friends. And you'd be like, oh my god, yeah, I'm not like other brown people. And I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, back to the subject of the cool girl. Now that we have a working definition, and now that we both have admitted to being former cool girls, we just want to say also that this concept is like not one that was just invented in Gone Girl, but one that we've been like fed for years like years and i know this whole thing seems so tangential but it all ties back in and i think a cool girl is like synonymous with like manic pixie dream girl (laughs) it's the same (laughs) it's the same it's the same thing i mean before we dive into like the total spiral weird organization that we always have for our topics i think our ultimate like thesis is Especially in interactions with men, the cool girl definition and identifier just becomes like a way for men to use misogyny to trick us into thinking that they are complimenting us or that we have, we are like validated in some way. It's like a divide and conquer thing that they do. It's the weirdest thing, but it like has totally worked for so long. 
Yeah, it is a deeply functional aspect of patriarchy to set women against each other because if someone tells you you're chill, that implicitly means you're chiller than someone else who's always a girl. So you start to like feed into this superiority complex. And it's not even something that I can like get really angry at women for because we live in a world so starved of like you know you feel you really feel the need to like have that male approval i think and i don't think that's something to be ashamed of because i think we're all in that same boat i don't know i agree with you everything is like structured for us to be approved for for example the weirdest thing today was my business professor because you'll get you'll get two separate things like in social circles and in professional circles so my business class professor was saying like he's trying to be very nice about this and i appreciate that but what he was basically saying was that when women are presenting or like giving a yeah giving a presentation or trying to sell to investors whatever it is she will always uptick the end of her sentence and my dad has like warned me about this another topic we will get to where you have to be like literally warned about these things otherwise you're going to be seen as stupid where women uptick the ends of their sentences when they make a strong point so i literally just did it right there i don't know what it is but it's all this stuff about just like always wanting to downplay the intelligence factor like downplay all this stuff while still trying to achieve i see that it definitely has far-reaching effects and is like intricately tied into a lot bigger aspects of patriarchy i think yeah and because you are socially conditioned that way from the time you're a kid once you get to the professional world where you can't act like that you're like well what am i supposed to do because this is what i've learned since exactly So it's like a very confusing message all around. Fall quarter, I took this class um, that was honestly life-changing. It was a lit class on like books about trauma and women. And so a lot of it, and the professor was like super cool. It was in the American Studies Department. And uh, one of the these articles we read, so basically the class was structured like we read these very theoretical articles about political and just like psychosocial ways that um women and women's bodies are used in like societies you know as like what they represent and how the agency is taken from the women then we read a book that was about like a woman in a time of war and kind of analyzed it under those lenses and one of the articles we read which it's totally slipping my mind what it was but it talked about this idea of self-policing which i think is like very applicable um to the cool girl myth just this idea that like having this looming definition over your head of what you're supposed to be like and not just in like a way that media shoves down on you but in a very specific intimate way like this is how you choose to interact with the people around you and what you want like the people around you to see you as i think it's a way of self-policing because it's a way for you to like alter the patriarchy forces you to alter the way you behave and interact in this world but it doesn't it doesn't take any direct intervention you know it's not like you have a man standing next to you telling you what to do it's like you have these ideas that have been put in place the foundation has been building your whole life and now you're like okay so like if i want him to think i'm cool this is what i gotta do this is weird but is that the Foucault thing Foucault? god i don't need yes to yes okay. um what's <laughs> It's Pen- the theory of like, the 
Panopticon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the with the prison guard at the center, but like never really looking at anyone, but you think that they're looking at you all the time. Yes, yes. That's what that that's what that sounds like, which is honestly terrifying because when you read that shit, it's really messed up. Yeah, and it's so applicable. Like it shows up in so many areas of life, and you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's never it's kind of like the market, it's just this invisible hand guiding your every move, and then you'll do something, and then you'll kind of like look at it later and you'll be like, wait, why did I do like why did I let myself do that when I know that that's so blatantly wrong like when you talk shit about another woman or just kind of don't call a guy out on like something that he says to you and you're kind of just like wait wait a second and then exactly it is that very uncomfortable feeling you have I mean I had this experience a million times when I was like a high school cool girl you know is like I would have guy friends who said really fucked up shit or really like anti-feminist stuff and I just never had it in me to like speak out and like call him out on that shit and i was so afraid because of my own personal yeah i thought like i was just kind of floating like i had tricked them into thinking i was a cool girl but if i like called them out on their like misogynistic crap like they would realize that i wasn't a cool girl and then i would be like what dropped from their sad high school crew like i don't know why i care about it so much but reduced to a plebe and like it wouldn't be okay or whatever but yeah it's a mess it's like worst function is like what it does to your interactions with other women so specifically talking in the realm of like brown women um like i said earlier freshman year i was just exposed to a lot of like clicky indian people at my at our school and the biggest thing you saw it was this like very nasty war between all the girls to just kind of like outdo each other i don't know like you had to do this like implicit thing where you were like constantly putting the other girls down and at one point i was talking to this guy and he said to me he's like you know all the brown girls at the school like you're the only one that i'd fuck with and i literally i thought that was like the biggest compliment you blasted I could ever off receive. into another dimension of happiness yeah no totally no 100% it always happened like that yeah and I felt so righteously validated when he said that because in my opinion the girls that the other girls like that were in the group were batshit crazy like and it took me literally years to understand that like even if I thought they were crazy I did not get to put myself in a place where I was elevating like my self above them in this way because it was such a function of the patriarchy i was like i can think they're crazy and maybe they are fucking nuts but like i don't get to do this and i don't get to say this and i don't get to tolerate people who say shit like this because it's so much more damaging than just me feeling good about me not being as nuts as they are and i think you always have these residual effects because i remember my freshman year also i was friends with these two girls and it was like always this competition of And I didn't understand it because, like I said, I didn't really have, even in high school, a lot of close, like, girlfriends that I felt like I could actually trust. Like, I had one or two, but they were always outside of high school. And I think you're outside of high school, outside of your high school friends give you a completely different perspective and a different type of friendship. So when I did have those, what I thought were, like, close girl friendships, once I got to college... It wasn't really like that because if one person looked good, the other person would be like, oh, well, like, I think that I need to go change. Like, it was, you could never all be the same level of attractiveness, the same level of intelligence. Like, someone always had to be 
better. Like there was this weird feeling that there was a finite amount of whatever you wanted to attain, like whether it was like being super yeah. hot, like wearing the best outfit, like being the smartest. And if you went up, someone else had to go down. That was like the only way that we could do it. And it was the weirdest thing because starts to creep up in like very insidious ways and you have to like start watching your back against a group of people who you think are like actually there for you and i think in a place like santa barbara where it's already super not ethnic you rely on those friendships a lot and to see time and time again that they aren't there for you is like a weird thing that makes you want to watch your back like constantly yeah i really hated it what we're trying to say is not that we hate that girls are in competition with each other. It's like we hate that that is happening as a result of this idea oh, yeah. that we're living some standard 100%. defined by some shitty guy who, like, can't even change out of his sweatpants. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, like, why am I sweating and putting other people down for this crusty brown boy who literally can't wipe his own ass without his mom telling him where his asshole is like i don't understand like why am i so pressed but yeah dead ass and they're there it's just oh my god it is oh my god i have so many stories like so many ways that like it's just the worst thing it's like uh when this shit happens and it when it happens with other girls right when you when you experience that betrayal of like being sold out by other girls who you're like shouldn't you have my back like in some world isn't there some fucking solidarity just because like you get what i'm going through is there is that not a function but just from my freshman year alone i have so many stories of girls who constantly would pick guys over their girlfriends girls who would constantly shit on other girls to like it just make the guys think that they were cooler you know girls who pretended to care about sports I, just the most insane things and even me like even i when i was talking to this guy like i would end up in a space where i've never been someone who like shits on other girls for how they look or like i i'm not the type of person who when someone's like oh she's hot i'm like instantly finding a way to to denounce that but for some reason that year i really did that a lot a lot and it took so much self-reflection in the years after to be like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, why was I in that space? Why was that? And it always felt so, it just gave you such like a knot in the stomach to do it. But it's not, it's happening all the like time. Like to even to today survive. as a graduating senior, um, being back in those same spaces, which I rarely do. I avoid those people like the fucking plague, but um when I do end up in spaces like that, it hasn't changed. It's been four years and those people, those mindsets haven't changed. Like they think you're constantly competing for this like definition of a cool girl, you know? Yeah, and it's really scary because now fuckboys are catching on that this is a thing that they can do because even Drake knows about it. Fun fact, if you listen to Madiba Rhythm, he says like, I seen some girls turn their back on their best friend from time or something like that. And I'm just like, even yeah. Drake knows no one is safe. No <laughs> one is safe. Even Drake knows no one is safe. We're all fucked no one is safe and honestly the worst part okay i keep saying like everything is the worst um, it's all the worst um, this is the true definition of cubby shit it's like all the worst yeah and another thing about like the cool the existence of the cool girl myth is like just because it exists and guys have this fantasy and it's completely mythical there is no person that is 
whose existence is purely to make someone else feel better right which at its base that's what a cool girl is like she completely validates the man's existence without ever asking him for anything for herself she likes to do whatever he likes to do she appears as however she he wants her to appear and she doesn't have what men term baggage which is really just normal emotional needs that women have and then when you i think when you do have them and you like do show that you have them it's just seen as like exponentially worse. And you're like, wait, I thought this was like normal. And then you start talking to people and you're like, no, this is normal. But you just have, it's just again, like this whole isolating thing that just keeps happening. And also you'll just have like a normal reaction to something which you think is like fine. And then he'll be like, whoa, like we didn't say we were exclusive, like blah, blah. Okay, disclaimer. This has never happened to me because I never let it get this far because I have a lot of other issues. Um, but just like from... <laughs> Jesus. Do you want to stab me? It's okay. Um, no, people listening to this to be be like, are you good, bro? <laughs> no, I'm recording this at like midnight. I'm exhausted. My real emotions are coming out. It's like basically in my Twitter feed at 2 a.m., okay? Oh, well. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's like, I'm not unreasonable. Like I'm a normal human being. And I think not to have like weird Stockholm syndrome or whatever, but a lot of times I am cautiously venturing to say that it's because guys have their own set of like messed up issues that they need to deal with, have not dealt with, that they project all of this onto us. And because women are constantly the martyrs in society and the carriers of all burden, uh, it becomes all of our problem you know yeah i'm nodding my head furiously which you obviously can't see through facetime audio um (laughs) yeah okay so two things i just think that this is why as someone who struggled still does to this day 2017 struggles with very deep-seated self like image and insecurity issues i think that in order to hang out with like a crew of guys as your main friends you really need to have a solid understanding of who you are and like just you need to know some things as objective truths because i was in that space a lot as a high schooler and as like beginning college like you girl didn't know anything about herself you know like i had all these Mm -hmm. ideas of Mm -hmm. what i wanted to be but some Mm -hmm. things about myself i just didn't know and i let other people define it for me that was why I was in that space for so long so I that's why I was like always scared to call people out on their shit I was always which is not who I am like I like to be able to call my friends out on their bullshit right so 100%. not being able to do that or being in a space where I was like constantly censoring myself because I was afraid that they would think I was uncool because I had let their projection define who I was fucked me up for literally until my sophomore year of college where I had to like like do some really like boot camp self-image boot camp I 100% agree and I still see that myself to this day and for okay let's let's just take like this one aspect of my personality one time a boy told me that I was boring and I felt like my whole world ended like I just because I had so deeply in myself entrenched the fact that like I was a stereotypical, like, manic pixie dream girl. You know that word triggers me. But every boy that has honestly fallen in my lap like acid rain has painted me (laughs) in that way. So that's how I, like, started to define myself from the first boy I talked to. Like, when when the hell was it? Like, 
I don't know, like junior of high school, something like that. Like it's, it's always been like that. And I think when that boy told me that I was boring, like it just rocked my world. And I was like, wait, why is this affecting me so much? And I didn't realize until so much later that there were aspects of my personality that I deeply cared about that I didn't want someone else to define for me. So in some ways, did it suck at the time because I had this unnamed feeling of doom floating over my head? Yes. But did it kind of help later? Also, yes. And it's just one of those things that, like you said, you start policing yourself. And even now, for example, my humor, sometimes I'll be like, oh, like, what if this is like weird and it's like not that funny because I just value that part of myself so much because I think I'm a funny person most of the time just because people laugh and like I don't know why you're laughing but I guess um yeah and I think even now like I do that to the parts of myself that I even care about the most like even those parts of myself are still not completely safe from all that thinking that I've just indoctrinated into my being for so long yeah totally and for me it's always been this thing where every guy that I have ever talked to ever even like chatted with for a few minutes has always told me like oh you were like uh you're not like other brown girls and I've always taken that like as such a compliment and not like you said in the beginning not just guys like people I hang out with who are just friends whatever and white girls white people and you're like yes i don't smell like fairy yeah this is me (laughs) i I am the face of south asianness or how it should be you know after just being like so disappointed by the brown people you meet you want someone to tell you that you're not like them because you see the worst in them which sadly is true for how i viewed like most of the people i met my freshman year except for like four people so Thumbie met me her sophomore year just clarifying (laughs) i think it's hard to ask someone who receives such little validation or feels like she receives such little validation to be like no you're not allowed to even receive validation from that one thing you've been holding on to specifically because it's the one thing you've been holding on to and it's really like not actually a compliment exactly so that's been my biggest thing about think that it's very normal and very human to want to be liked by others and I think it just turns into this very insidious weapon in this specific way yeah and I think when you add being brown like all this other stuff it just it gets even more convoluted and just weird so weird exactly as a a brown girl there's multiple layers to that because you're seeking acceptance from people who are not brown and then you're seeking a deep level of acceptance from usually men i mean for me at least that's always what it's been is usually brown men who i'm like i want you to i want something to work you know yeah you know what i would just like to do that video game argument and blame all of this on bollywood movies because you know that's the cop oh that Fox News uses when there are gun issues. It's like, oh my god, all the video games. And you're just like, well, it's really not that, but okay. I mean, although this, the correlation, I could honestly write a paper on the correlation between Bollywood movies and like Indian men and women's expe- expectations in a romantic relationship. Oh, 100%. We've talked about this before. Yeah, it is a direct correlation. Stay tuned for that episode. Bro. Exactly. Someone says Therily to you in a Bollywood song just run because it's never for you and it's never all done for you it's always done for themselves so I'm just saying or no if someone is just like weirdly insistent to talk to you after you've expressed 
no interest in talking to them, do not mistake that as a sign of love. Yeah, it's not a nice guy. Okay. Yeah, well, he just we'll... doesn't understand the word no. Back yeah, that's up. weird. Don't, yeah, don't mess with that. Again, a topic for another time. And this is a topic that I always like to talk about, which is like kind of weird. But back to the hair thing, can we just discuss this for like one oh. second? Okay, or like cool. five minutes? Times hair intersectionality is can be typified by every razor ad that just shows a hairless fucking chick riding a razor down her leg. Like how are you? Why going would to you tell do that? That, that razor yeah. works, she doesn't have any hair on her leg. I want to see some results. Men get to shave exactly. their faces I'm with to hair see on it. And after on her fucking like in vivo. A big thing, I think that because as brown girls, we're very, we have so much to say about hair and hair removal and hair expectations. Specifically hair removal. <laughs> yeah, and such a part of a cool girl thing is they expect you to be this like very feminine and what they identify as feminine is like completely fucking hairless and i am not been, a naked mole rat from kim possible okay it yeah, just does not work so like that where guys think it's okay listen it's one thing to have these thoughts in your head like that's problematic but you know you could probably work on that as a second stage we all have problematic thoughts it's another <laughs> thing to think it's completely acceptable to say them out loud to another human being I'm as, just like, as, what? It's like constructive criticism, or I don't even fucking know what. I read this one thing one time, or maybe my mom told this to me. I can't remember which it is, but there it was it's wise all the same. Don't say something to someone in public that they can't fix in 20 seconds. Like oh, I always saw that in Tumblr. Oh, yeah, okay. My mom is probably <laughs> on Tumblr then, I don't know. Writing <laughs> <laughs> these really deep things. But yeah, and this is this is gonna sound so random, but thinking about this a little bit more deeply now i have like hairy arms okay and this was something that i was so self-conscious about as a kid and then one day this probably started a whole other cycle of like self-deprecating humor that i've not been able to extract myself from but one day i was just like sitting next to a guy and then i was feeling like weird about my arms because someone said something about it and i was like yeah i have like hairier arms than you i guess i'm got more balls than you too and i don't know just like kind of started there but then also just became this like joke with which then just has become this thing that i'm like okay with at this point and i don't think it should be that deep but it like is that deep when you're a brown girl and it comes to your hair yeah because this is obviously not our first experience with having our hair criticized uh, yeah exactly so we're already on high alert about it and then you see the betrayal just it's just like so much worse when it is a brown guy who you're like don't you get it don't uh, don't you understand that we're literally all on the same boat and you being a man we is came from the same boat like a, what's up a fractional privilege in this setting like damn i don't know that was like a exactly. side note but always, i didn't even think about that brown boys whose fucking eyebrows connect it's just like they have one eyebrow trying to tell you that like they don't like girls with hairy arms or hairy legs and you're I like know. can you talk like pick up a mirror shut up rahul jesus yeah, and also I want go to, to Ziba that you said earlier about um, understanding that men and brown men grow up in very tough situations. Here's the thing about that: I fully understand that. I am very well versed in understanding the hypermasculine situations that brown men grow up in, and I know that they go through a lot, and it really stunts a lot of their growth. And they're told that you know they're put through very strict gender norms the difference is they take it all out on brown girls and that is a privilege that we do not have so i get it i get that they grow up in 
it's tough. I get that they're dealing with their own shit, and I get that the manifestation and the expectation of cool girls is like stems from that. But don't project that on us. That's not. You're not entitled to that. I don't have to take your shit just because you grew up in a tough situation. Like, welcome to the fucking party, dude. I hate that about brown men. They always say that when you try to have a conversation about brown men about his politics or why he's so misogynistic or anti-black. They always go to this place where they're like, well, you don't know how I was raised. Bitch, what the fuck? The whole world is telling me that I can't do something because I'm a woman. You want to talk to me about three experiences you had between the ages of 8 and 12? I don't care. I don't think that entitles you to take shit out on other people or just, like, violently awful. There's that fury. I like that. That was... That's my favorite part of this whole thing. Um, no, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to like patronize you or whatever, but I completely agree. And I think like the things that I said about feeling bad for them, I'm still at that place where I will give a brown boy so many more strikes than I would any any other guy just because I'm like, well, this is what I have to end up with in the end. So like I have to make something work. Like, I, And I put it on myself too. And it's just like thank no, god totally. and we get it you know we yeah. understand on an intimate level as what you're going through but like let's exactly. work through it together like don't just again put all the burden on me like the way you saw your dad do to your mom all these years where she had to like make rotis for everybody else and then sit down to eat and like what yeah like i want ta- my fair share of the subject okay how like your situation was I mean I know they are I know they are trying to tell me that it's worse than being a girl they have to foot the bill or whatever the fuck okay let's talk about female infanticide quick thing okay sir so it's not worse yeah like I know that's their goal but if you're trying to tell me okay that norms you were forced to live into so much worse than what I went through which is literally objectively a lie brown men are killed off like brown women are literally like just holy shit um, if that's what you're saying, like, do you see me taking my shit out on anyone else the way you do? Do you see me projecting in the way that, like, you are? No. It's, like, kind of that thing where, uh, I saw something about it earlier, but I'm like, did you hear about the Richard Spencer and all his Nazi bros doing, like, protests out yes, yes, yes. by Charlottesville or wherever yes. they were taking down yes. the Confederate monuments? Yes. Okay, yeah, so... During that time, someone tweeted this thing that was like, people of color have literally gone through so much shit for centuries and have managed to not turn into Nazis, which is the same way that I feel about this. Like, brown women have literally been killed and oppressed for our entire history. That is the only history that Indian women have. And we're not, like, you don't see us just imposing these, like, outrageous institutional systematic views of thinking onto brown men. Probably because we don't have the power to do that, but if that's your argument, it's completely flawed and based on nothing. And I'm, like, pissed off because here's the thing about brown women, too. You have to constantly suffer in silence. Like, you are fed this lie that suffering in silence is, like, beautiful and is going to give you this, like, weird sense of martyrdom. Like, I don't know what the fuck, but you watch any TV series Uh in India, you are, like, seeing prime examples of internalized misogyny, just conforming to norms of the patriarchy, and then just, like, sucking it up for this weenie-ass brown boy who's still a mama's boy who won't stand up for you, but will talk all this great shit via SMS to you. Okay, like, 
I'm pissed yeah. off. Like, why do we have to constantly just suffer in silence when you get so many other options? And you see this, like, from way back when. Remember that Bollywood class that we took last year? Or that South Asian media class? Yeah. Okay, so we watched this movie called Mother India, right? Which yes. literally is about this woman who goes through the complete shit her okay like she just goes through so much shit like her husband i don't know like runs off and dies or like i don't know what his deal is she's raising all these kids like she's fending off this weird creepo who's like trying to get at her and like literally pulling a yoke through the mud like through a muddy rice field and and it's just all okay like this is okay like it's fine that she's doing this because this is what she needs to do to like keep her family afloat and like she doesn't get to be a weird philandering guy who's like trying to scam society like she doesn't get to do that she just has to take the hard way like why do i always have to take the hard way where is the nobility in this like i don't get it yeah exactly and it's just so exhausting to holy shit like what happens in the future when i'm trying to like be with a brown guy what the Yikes, what then? The real question. Answer in the comments below. Uh, (laughs) This episode. Just like put this in my Tinder bio. I wish. I wish. (laughs) And okay, I just want to know why brown guys get so mad when you like question them or like try to change their worldview. Like, do they just like being stupid? Like, I don't get it. This is an honest question I have. This is that they don't think they're stupid. That's weird to me because what if like what if someone is do they just like not give a shit about us that much that they won't like listen to us because if someone was literally coming up to me and saying listen you are wrong you are like stupid like you have a completely incorrect view of society and its inequalities and various intersections I would want to listen because I don't want to be a dumb shit in front of a bunch of people I genuinely like want to know why wouldn't you want to be smarter like what are you okay with being dumb I just I'm curious Okay, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask for this because obviously I'm cynical as fuck. Um, I feel a lot of anger and I don't mean to direct it towards you. <laughs> no, 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 I know. And I'm just saying, like, I, I'm cynical because I think the answer to your question is yes, they are that stupid. Yes, they don't give a flying fuck about us. And yes, when you challenge their worldview, their only immediate response is to be, like, you're wrong. Even though don't give any credence to what we have to say because they have lived in a world for so long where they have always been right wow i just want to have that kind of confidence to just be like wrong just just be like completely fucked up and wrong and just be like no i'm right like what that that's that's what i want like that's the kind of confidence i just want to bottle it up like the Felix potion, the little gold potion from Harry Potter. I just want to like take a shot of that every day. Yeah. Cranberry juice. What we've forgotten to talk about, which was what was stemming my anger, is girls who pick guys over their <laughs> girlfriends. Oh my! I don't, you, I don't know if you want to delve into that topic. I have been revived. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! I am livid. Okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Yes, go off, go off. Um, That makes me so mad because it has happened so many times. Oh my God. Oh my God. It makes me so angry. Like, how are you going to pick 
your scrub ass mister over a sister that was there for you like i don't get it like what changed from point a to point a point zero two like it's a small distance is what i'm trying to say um <laughs> i just want to know like what i'm speaking about someone in particular but i think from what i've observed it could be a common pattern that shows up in other individuals too is this idea that you have to be willing to do whatever it takes to find love <gasps> oh, and whatever Lord. it takes could and usually always means picking the person you love over your friends. You got to fuck someone over to show someone you really care about them. Yeah, and not just picking someone, like deliberately ruin their them, life. Fucking someone over in the name of love. Like, so what? here's what I have to say about that. What I'm saying is there's this false dichotomy that I'm sure is like born of Bollywood movies and exacerbated by the cool girl myth. This idea that you have to, in moments of adversity, choose this guy that you love over your friends. What I'm saying is the guy that really loves you will not make you choose. Mm-mm. Like, in a world where you are really loved and respected for who you are, which is, I'm assuming, what we are all aspiring for, you will not be choosing. You will not be in a space where you have to pick or shit on your friends to get this person. Wow, a real man's. Do they exist? Do they? <laughs> do they? Damn. It's like searching for the Loch Ness Monster, honestly. It's, yeah. Does not exist and is a better love story than Twilight. Hashtag Nessie. That's yeah, funny. I'm just saying. And, you know, I feel like people might listen to this who are in love and who are in relationships and just be like, you don't know what you're saying. Like, I can't relate. I don't want to know what I'm saying, girl. It's awful. It sounds real <laughs> shitty. <laughs> like, you can keep that. I don't want to know what I'm saying. <laughs> I love it when you laugh at my jokes. <laughs> yeah, it's rare, but it's funny when it happens. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> Ah, yes. (laughs) But what the fuck? I don't get it, man. Like, this has happened to me so many times. And, like, it's so shitty every time it does because you're just like, bro, we were literally shitting on him. And the audacity of this friend who has clearly chosen her man over you to then bring said man over to your place or just in social settings with you constantly, I'm just like, what? gave you this idea that this was okay i'm just constantly shocked and appalled drake said it on medieval rhythm okay if you listen to this episode and you're like these two have lost their minds this doesn't relate to cool girls what i'm saying is because of the cool girl myth they think they need to do this yeah they feel the need and they feel that it's okay they feel like okay because he loves me and i'm different than these other girls I am allowed to shit on them and treat them poorly and, like, betray them in the name of love, which is more important than the relationship that I have with these girls because he said it was. That's what we're trying to say. Without well, that was the good. Myth, this would not happen as much. I'm not saying that people wouldn't find other ways to betray each other. I'm just saying that it wouldn't be so deeply ruled by the patriarchy, which is just trying to kill us all. That was so good. You just, like, saved this whole group project. (laughs) I'm constantly in awe. See, I just hope that in one year, like, I'll be where you are now. Do you know what I'm saying? What do you mean? Where do you think you are? Just really far behind, okay? (laughs) Listen, at the end of the day, 
All we're trying to say is the cool girl doesn't exist. We used to be cool girls. We, those people don't exist anymore, sort of. Yeah, at the end of the day, what we're trying to say is you are a fucking cool girl. No matter what someone else says, no matter what you're into, what you're not into, no matter how much fucking hair you have on your arms and legs or you don't, whatever, you are already cool. Giving the power of definition to someone else is the cool girl myth. You are cool, just know that, and don't let any trashy-ass boy who doesn't even know how to wipe his ass tell you any different. Yeah, so for all you cool guys and cool gals out there, the bad definition, just tap into your just like inner cool person because you are, as Thunby said, and stop making life so fucking hard for the rest of us. Yeah, dead ass. <laughs> dead like, ass. We ends podcast. <laughs> LOL. Seriously, thanks for sticking with us on what was like the worst organized essay in all of humanity. And. Um, <laughs> I actually work as a writing tutor, so this was pretty Damn, horrific. Rip your people you're tutoring. <laughs> I know, it was pretty bad. But we hope you enjoyed the ride. If you know us personally, please send us comments and feedback. If you don't know us personally and you're just some like random internet bully that stumbled on this, I don't want your fucking opinion. Dead like ass beat. I seen some girls turn their back on their best friend from time.